everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Good morning. How you doing? Good. I want to welcome each and every one of you, those in Canton and Worcester, Millersburg, Coshocton, Cambridge, T County, and those of you who are joining us online. You picked a great day to be here. We're baptizing people. We're going to talk about money. Huh? See, here, here's what you need to know about New Point. We're not afraid to talk about anything and everything, even sex. Because there you go, okay? Because, hey, wait, it's coming, all right? Not in this series, but it's coming. Because the fact of the matter is it all impacts our life. And I tell people all the time, hey, you know what? If what we're talking about on Sunday doesn't impact you on Monday, you need to write us an email. You need to talk to us because this book right here teaches us how to live, how to live. And we struggle with how to live. And we struggle with our finances. We just saw that, all right? And so I want to help you. And here's what I want you to know, okay? I want something for you more than I want something from you. I want to teach you how to do something that you think you already know how to do, but you don't. And that is to be generous. You see, the fact of the matter is we know how to give. We're good at that. We're good at random acts. And, and just so that you will know, I'm not against random acts of giving. I do that. Patty does that. We've encouraged our kids to do that. So in this series, don't think I'm against random acts of giving. I'm not. But that's usually what we're good at. You know, somebody pulls on the, the emotional strings or they, they, they challenge us or we get an inspirational speech or something. And we just, hey, honey, I think we ought to do something here. But I want to teach you how to do something, okay, or how to be something. And that is generous because when you and I are generous, we're, we're, we're really like God because God so loved the world that he what? He gave. And the fact of the matter is many times random giving masks the fact that we're not generous. We think we are because we remember the last time that we gave. But the fact of the matter is most of us aren't because generosity does not come natural. It doesn't come natural to me. It doesn't come natural to you. And one of the reasons why we struggle with generosity is because we don't trust God. Because when we learn to put our faith and trust in God, then what happens is it's the key to all of life, not just financially, but all of life. So we're not talking about giving, okay? I know that you do that well. We're talking about being generous, okay? And generous is not random acts of giving. I'm going to deal with that next week. I'm going to give you some practical things on how you and I can make sure that we are generous people. Now, here's our definition, okay, of generosity. Generosity is a mindset where one premeditates, calculates, and designates freely giving of personal financial assets. Okay, so literally, when I talk about generosity, I'm talking about money. I'm not talking about your time. I'm talking about money, okay? Now, here's what we need to understand. Generous people never have to be sold. They never have to be motivated. They're never gilded into giving. Why? Because they have a mindset. They've organized their life around being generous. And so their generosity goes beyond random acts of giving. Now, do they 
give randomly? Sure they do. But that's not what motivates them. So they give without guilt. You can't guilt a generous person into giving because they have a mindset. They've already premeditated. They've already calculated. They've already designated freely giving of their personal assets. Now, here's what I know about most Americans. Most of us feel financial pressure. Probably 90 to 95% of all Americans feel financial pressure. And it's not because of a lack of money. It's because of a lack of generosity. So what I want to do, I've been telling you that I've learned a whole bunch of stuff from the Larry Burkett's, the Ron Blues, the Dave Ramsey, the Andy Stanley's, the Rick Warren, you name them. I've read books all throughout this. And today what I want to do is I want to share with you something that I got from Andy. And it spoke to me and I thought, you know what? This has challenged me. It's brought clarity to my life. I want to bring clarity to your life. All right? So I'm going to share with you a diagram. So what's the word that is most associated with money? It's worry, okay? Worry is the the word that is most associated with money, right? We worry. Will I have enough? Am I going to be able to retire? Are we going to be able to go on that vacation? Are we going to have a Christmas? And it goes on and on and on and on. And most Americans worry, 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 worry about whether or not they're going to have enough money. And so what happens is, here's the strange things about us, okay? And worrying, you know what we do? We spend more than what we make. We spend more than what we make. Our spending is greater than what we make. Y'all okay? Doesn't make sense, does it? We worry, and out of our worriedness, what happens is we spend more than what we make. And so I worry, 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 worry. So what happens is out of my anxiousness, I spend, 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 spend. Now think about that. I worry about not having enough money, but I end up spending more money than what I have. It's insane, isn't it? And so what happens is I end up in debt. I end up in debt. And because I end up in debt, okay, what happens is it causes me to worry even more. And so what we end up doing is we end up buying things that we can't afford to impress people that we don't like. And what happens is those things that many times we buy, okay, the value of it goes down, but the price of it continues to what? Rises. And so consequently, I have no financial margin. I have no financial margin. And if I don't have any financial margin, then you have something to worry about. You have something to fret about. And this is the cycle that most Americans live in. We worry, we spend, we get in debt, we have no margin. And that's insane. Now, do you know what we worry about? Here's what we worry about. We worry about future consumption. Are we going to have enough for the future? Am I going to have enough to retire? Am I going to have enough for the braces? Am I going to have enough for the school? And what happens is we actually consume more than what we can afford. And so what happens is we spend greater than what we make. We spend greater than what we consume. And so we consume more than what we can afford or what we even make. 
Guess what that leads to? More debt. More debt. Consumer debt. And we feel that pressure and we get these letters in the mail. And they irritate us and they frustrate us and they cause us to have fights with one another, which ends up leading to what? No margin. No margin for what? Future consumption. Wow. Anybody tracking with me? And listen, it doesn't matter how much money you make. That's the problem. This happens to people who don't make a whole lot of money. This happens to people who make a whole lot of money. And what drives this is a mindset. And the mindset is this. If it comes to me, it must be for me. If it comes through my hands, then it must be for me. That's the mindset. And so let me ask you a question. How much money would it take for you to break out of this cycle? How much money would it take for you to get out of debt? How much money would it take for you to start saving a little bit? Would it be 10%? Would it be 20%? If you went to work tomorrow and they said, hey, happy Thanksgiving, we're giving you 25% raise. Would you say, great, I can finally get out of debt. Great, I can finally start saving. Or would you continue on the pattern that you're on? Worry, spend, debt, no margin. See, what we have to understand is this right here is not a problem of money. It's another issue, okay? It's another issue. It's a problem of discipline, of discipline. Because how much more money would it take to get you to stop spending more than what you make? Would it be 10%? Would it be 15%? Would it be 20%? Would it be double your salary? See, what we have to understand is this is a control problem. This is a self-control issue that we have with you and me. It's all of us. And so what happens is we, we end up spending more than what we make and more than what we in, uh, earn. And what happens is we end up having a self-discipline problem. And that's critical in your life, in my life, in all of our life. And so the problem is, let's bring up the, the, the chart again. The, the problem is, is a self-control problem, okay? Which ends up leading to more consumer debt. Because what happens is, as your income goes up, your habits don't change. So as your income goes up, what will end up happening is your spending will go up, right? It'll increase. And so it's not a money issue. It's really a contentment issue. It's a contentment issue. And the fact of the matter is, I just am discontented. What I bought now doesn't satisfy me. I need something bigger. I need something shinier. I need something newer. And so it comes back to, how much money would you need to have financial margin in your life? You got the picture? Would it be 15%? Would it be 20%? Would it be 25%? How much do you need to create financial margin? And would it show up in your savings? Or would you find yourself just continuing down the habit that maybe you already have in your life? You see, margin is not 
a money problem. It's a discipline problem. It's a discipline problem. And so what happens is the reason why we don't have margin in our finances is, you know what? We lack self-control. We're discontented. And we lack discipline. But if you're a Christ follower, okay, if you're a Christ follower, Jesus would say something even more. You know what he would say? Worry is not a money problem. He would say that worry is a spiritual problem. That's what he would say. If you worry about money, you got a spiritual problem. That's why he talks about it more than anything here. So Jesus did not say, you overcome worry by being more disciplined or being more contented or being more self-controlled. That's not what he said. And the reason why we worry about money is because we've put our trust in riches instead of him who provides everything for us. We don't trust in God. We, we, we trust in things. We trust in possessions. And we think, if I could just have this, then I'd be more content. If I could just have this, then I'd be more satisfied. If I could just have this, I'd be happier. And what this is, is this is insanity. This is insanity. For who? For everyone who operates from worry, spending, debt, no margin. It's insanity. It's financial insanity. And most people live this way. And so what happens is it robs you and I of peace. It robs you and I of joy. It robs you and I of the things that, that God wants for you that can only happen internally with your soul. And so we worry and worry and worry. So we spend, we spend, we spend. And so we go into debt. We have no margin and now we got a reason to worry. And what I would say to you and me, there's a better way to live. There's a better way to live. And so what we have to understand is this truth right here, okay? More money does not generate more self-control or more discipline or more contentment. It just doesn't. Because we all know people who probably have a little bit more than us and it hasn't affected their self-control, it hasn't affected their discipline, nor has it affected their contentment. And the reason why is because no matter how much you have, you and I can get caught into this thing called insanity. And what is insanity? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a what? A different result. And so what we have to do is we have to understand that people who are generous are not driven by this. They're not driven by this. They, they, they have something completely different. You know, see, they're, they're able and they're, they're willing to say no. And they're not driven by consumption. They're able and they're willing to, to be able to say no and not feel guilty about it because they're not emotionally driven by their giving. They have a mindset. They premeditate. They calculate. They designate and freely of their personal assets. And so if you're a Christ follower, when we find ourselves worrying and spending and in debt and no margin, Jesus would call that greed. Y'all okay? He would call that greed. This is his view of greed. When you and I think that everything that comes our way is for us, 
Everything that comes my way is for Dwight. He would say, no, Dwight, let me tell you, you are greedy. Now, it's hard for us to see that in ourselves because we, we, we think of the person who is greedy sitting in their basement, right? And they're running their hands and their fingers through all of this money. We think that's the greedy person. And it's not. It's the person, it's the man, it's the woman, okay, who maybe has a little, maybe they have a lot. But whatever they have, they think it's all for themselves. And Jesus would say, that's greed. And here's what greed does. Greed always leads you to worry. And greed always leads you to discontentment. What would you say about America today? We worry about our finances and we're a bunch of discontented people. Why? Because we struggle with greed. And so here's what I want us to understand. Most financial frustrations is the result of wanting what we can't get, not needing what we don't have. Would you agree? I mean, who doesn't struggle with that? Okay, I mean, we're, we're coming up on Christmas. They ask me, what do you need? What do you want? Nothing. Nothing. I don't need anything. I said, let's just gather, okay? And there's times within our family, we've said, hey, you know what? Everything that we're going to buy for one another, why don't we take that money and purchase a well in India or Africa or some other place? Because we got all that we need. We got more than what we need. Matter of fact, we worry about what we're going to get somebody, right? We stress out of, I don't know what to get Georgia. I don't know what to get Bill. Why? Because Georgia and Bill has everything that they need. And so learning to be generous, okay, learning to be generous has to be taught to you and me. And learning to be generous kills, it kills you and I just consuming everything that comes our way. And so what I want to do is, is I want to share with you a story that Jesus talked about, okay? It's a parable. He tells a parable, and a parable is not a true story. It's just an illustration to drive home a certain point. And he was talking here because some brothers earlier were arguing about their inheritance. Have you ever been a part of a family who argues about their inheritance? Who's going to get what? They were battling greed. And Jesus said, let me tell you a parable. Here's what we, we, we find in Luke chapter 12. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. You know what he's saying here? This guy had an incredible, credible crop. I mean, he hit an artery vein, okay, financially. I mean, it just fell his way in incredible, unbelievable ways. He had more than what he ever had. He said, honey, I can't believe what's happening. This is crazy. Luke goes on to say, he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Isn't that what we think? That's why we have storages, okay? That's why we rent storages, okay? It's because we have so much, we can't keep it in the house that we have. Okay, so what we do is we store things. And, and, and what he is saying here is, you know what, man, I got so much. What should we do? How should we spend this money? Should we buy another home? Should we buy another boat? Should we do this? Should we do that? Luke goes on to say, then he said to himself, this is what I'll do. This is what I'll do. Hey, I got all this windfall. What should I do? Well, guess what he did? He did what he always did. Okay, 
He did what he always did. And just because you and I get a windfall, just because you and I have an increase in our lifestyle, what happens is unless we're trained in a certain way, we will continue to do what we've always done. We'll worry, we'll spend, we'll create debt, we'll have no margin. That's why if you're in your 20s, if you're young here, you, you listen, don't buy into the lie that when you're 30 and when you're 40 and when you're 50, you'll become generous. No, you won't. What happens is you will track with the same habit that you had in your 20s. That's why it's so good that you're here. If you're generous now, you'll be generous then. If you're not generous now, you'll struggle with being generous then. You'll have a scarcity mindset. So here's what he said he would do. I will tear down my barns and I will build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. See, what what happens is he thought that everything that came to him was for him. He thought this large surplus was just for him. He says, you know what I'll do? I'll save it now and I'll consume it later. It came to me. So guess what? It must be for me because everything that comes to me is for me, right? Luke continues to tell this parable that Jesus was speaking. He said, I'll say to myself, You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. What is he saying here? Okay. What he is saying is this. He is saying, hey, you know what? I am set for life. If probably somebody told most of us, I'd be in this camp. If if somebody would tell most of us, hey, you know what? 25 years ago, you're going to be making this kind of money. We'd say, no, mom and dad never made that kind of money. Are you kidding me? I, I, I would never have a chance to be able to do that. And what happens is now you are, now we are. We're making more money than what our mom and dad ever made. And yet what happens is, the question is, are we more generous than we've ever been? Because what happens is you can go through the years and never become generous. I can go through the years and never become generous because we end up doing what we've always done. Because our thinking hasn't changed, because our thinking has to change or our behavior will never change. And so this guy is looking to kick back, relax. He says, you know what? I've got a surplus. And so I'm going to kick back and relax. But here's what God said. But God said to him, you fool. Not because he was rich, nothing wrong with being rich, nothing wrong with making money, nothing wrong with experiencing a windfall, okay? The reason why he said that he was a fool was because he thought everything that came to him was for him. And so God says, you're a fool. Again, not because he was rich, but because of the way in which he was thinking. He thought, if it came to me, guess what? It must be for me. And he thought, you know what? Since I had such a great surplus, it must mean that I have a lot of time on my hands. And this is what Jesus said. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Wow. And then Jesus asked him a question. Here's the question. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Listen to this. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? The answer, somebody else. The answer is the kids. The answer is the government. (laughs) The answer is what? All of the stuff that he had saved up for he himself to consume now is going to be left for someone else, for someone else. 
And Jesus steps back. And no doubt the people there were on edge. And this is what he says. This is how it will be. Future tense. Jesus saying in the future, this is how it will be. Because you consumed it all, you hoarded it all for the future. This is how it will be. He goes on to say, with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. He said, this, this, is, this is how it's going to be for people who think that everything that comes their way is for them. And you say, Dwight, what does it mean to, to be rich towards God? It means to give yourself away. It means to understand that everything that comes your way is not for you. It, it means that you invest in those things that God loves. You know, if you're a father here, if you're a mother here, okay, or even grandparents, okay, if somebody invests in your son or daughter, if somebody invests in your grandkids, what happens is it's like they're loving who? You. Patty and I have been blessed that, that we've had people invest in our kids. And every time that person invests in our kids, it's like they're loving us because we love our kids so much. And, and we're grateful and we're thankful because they're doing that. That's how God feels towards you. That's how God feels towards me when we're willing to do that towards people who he died for. And so Jesus defines this as giving away, that you realize that everything that comes your way is not just for you. Enjoy it, but it's not just for you. Now, how do you and I do that? We have to trust in God. Otherwise, we have a scarcity mindset. And this is fundamental for every Christ follower, okay? Every Christ follower, okay, truly every Christ follower organizes their life or reprioritize or repurposes everything that they have in their life to honor God so that they can be generous. And this is a mindset. You see, generous people, okay, don't assume that everything that comes their way is for them. Jesus destroys that thinking. And so let me leave you with, leave you with a couple of things here, okay? If it can be taken away, you never really owned it anyway. Somebody asked the question, how much did Howard Hughes leave behind? Anybody know? All of it. All of it. And, and, and here's, here's the truth of the matter. You don't own it, okay? It's going to go to someplace. It's going to go to somebody else. All, all my stuff's going to go to someplace else or somebody else because I don't own it. I've only had it for a temporary time. And so we learn this two ways. One is you can lose it through bankruptcy. You can lose it through divorce. You can lose it through the economy. And, and we know this. We, we know that it's not ours because if you've had parents who have now passed on, you've gone through their stuff. And you're thinking, they saved this? Why did they save this? Right? Why did they? Because that's our natural tendency. Our natural tendency is to do that. And so let me leave you with some thoughts here as, as we wrap up. Okay? Generous people don't think like, generous people think like managers, not owners and consumers. That's how generous people do. Generous people, okay, realize that ownership is a myth. 
They realize that ownership is a myth, that, that really um, we don't own anything. We're only entrusted with a few things here. And how we manage it is very, very, very important. Here's the final thing I want to leave with you. Consumption always leads to discontent and worry. When, when we are people who just consume things, what happens is you will always worry about your finances. You'll always worry whether you have enough because you have no margin. And you'll always be discontented because we'll always want the shinier, the newer, the bigger, whatever. And so living like an owner is a myth. And I'm, I'm not asking you to do something as much as I'm asking you to be something. Because God calls you, God calls me. If you're a Christ follower, God calls us to be generous. Matter of fact, the church, the church, the early church, the church that was birthed, their hallmark to everyone was their generosity. And it says that no one was in need of anything. Why? Because they realized that what came to them wasn't necessarily for them. And so today, you know what? Let's get off the insanity cycle. Let's don't worry and spend and create debt and then have no margin. And we worry, 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 worry. And we spend, 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 spend. And we just create more and more debt. So we have less and less margin. Because what happens is if we do, we'll end up being one of the statistics that we looked at at the beginning of this time. God doesn't want that for you. I don't want that for you. And so let's learn how to be generous. I guarantee you, you'll experience peace. You'll experience joy like never before. Let's pray. God, we know that today we're talking about an issue that affects every single person that's hearing my voice. Because you know what? It takes money to live. It takes money to be able to do life. And you're not opposed to that because you've given us everything for our enjoyment. But you just don't want it to have us to the point of where we worry and we lose our peace. We worry and we have no joy. We worry and it eats us alive. So I just pray for all of us here today that we would learn how to be generous, that we would develop that mindset of premeditating and calculating and designating what you have given us and use it for your honor and for your glory so that we can be able to live the life that you've called us to live. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and we give thanks. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.